Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Well, it is, uh, uh, it's great to be here. Um, I always love coming across, but not just for that, but that does make a guy feel good. Um, but it's just, you guys have a great thing going here, and I just love to see the growth as I've been coming for a number of years and seeing the new building and seeing new things happening and new workers over the summer. Um, but I, I am confused, like this morning, I'm trying to figure out what kind of vegetable I would be. <laughs> like, is anybody else with me? Like, what am I? And I'm looking at Colin, I go, what would Colin be? If you, like, just wonder about that for a second. I'm going like, the guy's broccoli. Because, you know, broccoli seems like a, a, great, a great hair on the top of broccoli. And healthy. Like, the guy's jacked. He looks awesome. So I would say he's brought... I still don't know what I am. If you think what I figure out what I am after I speak, come tell me. Um, if it'll be uplifting. If it won't, just talk about it over lunch. Anyways, let me pray, and uh, we'll get started. Father God, we just thank you uh, that you love us. Thank you that we can be in this place and hear your word and, and sing songs that bring you honor and glory and, and be around friends and people that love us and to be able to quieten ourselves from a busy world and hear from your, your word, Jesus. And, and we just thank you that you are a God that loves us, a God that's personal, that just didn't leave us to our own devices to figure out what you're like or what you expect of us, but you gave us your word and you came as the word in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus, we just praise you and thank you for who you are. We thank you for the perfect life that you lived, the death that you died in our place on our behalf. And we thank you, Jesus, that you did not stay dead, but you rose again, conquered sin and death that are now interceding at the right hand of the Father for us. And so we want to give you praise and glory. Uh, so, Jesus, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. We, we speak, pray that you, would, that you would, each individually, that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that rose you from the dead now lives in us if we count you as our Lord and Savior. And so we ask for that Spirit to come and speak and teach, to, teach us now. We pray all these things for our joy and your glory, Jesus, in your great and awesome name. Amen. Uh, it was a number of years ago, my wife and I were um, on a life, we've always wanted to go to New York City. Uh, one of the cities, you always see it on TV, you see all these great things and all the great things that happen there, or sometimes the bad things that happen there, but we wanted to go to New York, and so we finally had this opportunity to go to New York City. And so we were getting ready, uh, making sure that we had you know, everything packed, I had the itinerary, I had um, hotels booked, I had shuttles booked, I had the tickets were all booked, everything was booked, we're all ready to go. Uh, we get up at four in the morning, we drive to the airport, um, we drop off a rental car, I give the guy my visa. He keeps my visa. So we had to call him, run around. He came back, gave us a visa. Okay, that was good because going to New York City without your visa card wouldn't be very good. And then we get to the kiosk. We put in our, v, our um, passport and, and it says, see the kiosk person. I go, oh, must be, must, must be getting upgraded today. That's kind of what I'm thinking. This is, this is great because this is going to be a really great and amazing day. And we get there and he said, um, sir, you're passport is expired. Um, here's my driver's license. Well, it's a nice driver's license, but that does not work here. Um, 
sorry, but you can't go. I go, but it just expired seven days ago, and I just like got it five years ago. <laughs> and I'm, and in that moment, I was like, okay, we are done. This perfect trip that we were planning is now destroyed because I don't have what's required of me by the government in order to get on the airplane. And there was no getting around it. Um, if I didn't have that passport, you cannot get on the airplane. And so we sat back, and I'm just really frustrated with myself. Long story short, we were, uh, I was getting my picture taken at 7.30 in the morning. By 10 o'clock, we were back at the airport with a new passport. Um, if you pay a little extra, they, they actually, our government really works well uh, in some of those offices <laughs> to get you going. Uh, long story short, we were on a plane to Dallas. I missed New York one night, but I spent the whole day in New York the next day, and it was all okay. Reason being is, is the reality is, is there's certain requirements that we have in this world. We have requirements to the government. Um, there's things that, that belong in a certain place. I don't know about you, but my house, we have, there's kind of my domain and my wife's domain. And we share a lot of chores around the house. Like I do a lot of cooking and, and I do some cleaning. She does all the vacuuming because she loves it. So we just put things on the floor because she, my wife loves to vacuum. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but she doesn't let me do laundry. Because I just throw it all in one and it wrecks everything because apparently there's supposed to be different colors for different things. And she says, don't touch the laundry. So I don't. Um, my garage is mine. And sometimes I see my wife open the garage door and just throw things in the garage. Not acceptable. Like the same is in the kitchen. Like if we come and just put stuff on the table or leave it, it, we, it it's not the right place for it. The point I'm trying to make it is there's certain things that are required for certain places. Uh, and the text that we're, we're going to look at today is going to come and it's going to ask us one question. And we've been asking this question, or we've been singing about Jesus and how great he is and how awesome he is. But I want to ask this one question today and we're going to end off with this one question. So I, I might as well just read the question and just sit down and you guys can go have lunch. But the question is, what do I need to surrender? What do I need to surrender? Now, if, if you are here and you are a, a long-standing Christian, there's, there's probably things, hey, man, what, what is it that, I, that, I, that God's been asking me? And maybe we ask that question and there was all of a sudden, your heart rate all of a sudden increased and your blood pressure went up a little bit because you know there's something. There's something that God is asking of you that you, he wants you to give him. And, and maybe you are here in this place and you're just here trying to, Find out if God's real. You're just exploring God. Maybe, maybe someone just brought you here and said, hey, come to my church. And I'm glad that you're here. I know Crosspoint is glad that you're here to look seriously at the claims of Jesus and the claims of the Bible. And so maybe that's a question that, that he's asking you. You've been maybe checking out Christianity for a long time, and maybe today's the day that you want to surrender, that God is actually nudging in your heart, and he's drawing you to himself to say, I, I want to I want to take all your sin away and I want to give you all my righteousness. Maybe that's you today. I'm not sure. But there's one question. What do I need to surrender? Mark chapter 12 is where we're going to be in a few verses today. Uh, Gospel of Mark, uh, written by Mark who traveled with Barnabas and uh, Paul who wrote a lot of the, Old Test or a lot of the New Testament. Uh, he's writing to Romans. And he's writing... Um, Basically, kind of Peter is, it's from the historians have told us, Peter was the one that was, that was really instrumental in, in writing this with Mark. And he's writing it to the Romans because he wants to talk about Jesus' power. 
And so in the book of Mark, we have a lot about Jesus' power. In the book of Mark, there's more miracles recorded than any other gospel, and yet it's the shortest of the gospels. So let's read chapter 12, which is the big numbers, and the small little numbers are 13 is where we're going to start. And reading out of the English Standard Version. said this, And they said to him, some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians, to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one and he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. This is the word of the Lord. You see, the situation is kind of like um, if you are a little older, I'm going to say my age, I'm in, the fifth, I'm in my early 50s. Um, so if you're kind of in your late 40s, 50s, you remember Saturday afternoons or Saturday mornings of the Looney Tunes and Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote? Um, anyways, if you're too young for that, if you millennials, just go on YouTube, Google it. It's, it's a really great cartoon. Um, and it's, it's about this Roadrunner that's always trying to, out, you know, just goes super fast all over the place in the desert, and there's this coyote that's trying to kill him to eat him. And he tries everything. Every episode, he tries everything. He buys everything from Acme, um, and I think that was kind of the Costco of the 70s, maybe before Costco was around, but everything was bought from Acme, and he's trying to kill the Roadrunner. He's trying to always trap him no matter what. He has invisible paint, and he's dropping bombs, all these crazy things, but he never can trap him. And it's a little bit what's happening here is these, these people are, are coming around and they're, they're sent by um, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And they're trying to stop Jesus because Jesus, throughout the book of Mark, is, is making them look really bad. Um, and he's confronting them on so many issues. And they don't like Jesus, so they want to trap him. And they figure that they've got a way to trap Jesus. There's no way out of this for Jesus, they think. And so they've got the, Pharise- they've got the uh, Pharisees, and they're, they're the supporters of the law. They're like Team Israel. And then they've got the Herodians, and they're like, they're like Team Rome. Uh, and they're, they're for the Roman Caesar. And so you've got Team Israel and Team Rome. They're coming together. And there's no way that Jesus can answer correctly without them getting him. So it's kind of like these guys don't like each other because the Romans were imprisoning or... Uh, uh, they were over authority of the Jewish nation. They thought they should be sovereign. That's why they thought Jesus was coming to be a government figure to overthrow the government. It's like this. It's like getting Flames fans and Oiler fans together to beat Toronto or what other team we would like. But it's, it's kind of like Oiler fans and, and, and Flames fans coming together. And, and you get this, right? Like for you to team up with a, with a, with a Flames fan is, is really hard to do. But if the outcome is good, like, so maybe it's like, it's like the, 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 the Euler fans and Flames fans can come together and go, hey, we're cheering for the Raptors, because that's a, a pretty good story. Um, and if that happens, that's a win. What they were trying to do, they were trying to trap Jesus. And the word used for trap here is actually like using, a, a, it's a hunting word to catch prey. And the goal was only to bring down Jesus. And they, they put... Uh, they were buttering him up, saying all these great things. You're this true man, that nothing, you're not swayed by anybody. But they figure they can't lose. 
Because what happens was if, they, if Jesus says, I want you to pay taxes to Rome, or don't pay taxes to Rome, the Roman government will get them and say, you are, trying, you are not listening to Caesar. And if they say that you, um, that if you, should, you shouldn't pay taxes to Rome, um, you would be arrested. And if you say you should pay taxes to Rome, the Jews would reject them because you're just with, for the Roman government. So there was a lose-lose for Jesus. But the reality is, is there's never a lose-lose for Jesus. You see, you can't lose. So this morning, I want to talk about two big things that we need to know when we are called to surrender. And the first is to be real. Don't try to fool God. You see, verse 16 says, but God knows. But knowing their hypocrisy, knowing their hypocrisy, he knew what was going on. He knew what was going on then when they were trying to fool him, when they were trying to butter him up. And friends, he knows now when we're trying to fool him. When we're saying all the right words, but actually our hearts are in a different place. Hypocrisy. You see, it, it means like we're doing the right things. We're going to church, maybe put some money in the offering. We look good in front of people at church, or we look good on Sundays, but maybe Mondays are different. Maybe Saturday night's different than it was this morning, and maybe Saturday night you're out partying and go, okay, that doesn't really match with Sunday morning. Maybe you've got secret sins that you just hope nobody ever finds out about, and you hide it really well in church. You see, God knows. You see, we can fool ourselves, but you can't fool God. So I want to ask you this morning, is there a place that you're trying to fool God? And only you know this. And it's a, I think it's a call for us to get serious. Are we f- trying to fool God? Are we, are we playing and being hypocrites? Um, my wife is um, uh, an actress, and she does things on, on set a lot of times, and I ask her different things about what's going on. And it drives her crazy. Whenever we're watching commercials now, I go, okay, I've got a question. And I go, the Tim Hortons commercial, does that person actually work at Tim Hortons? Because I think they do. My wife says, No. They're actors. What? No. Not the Tim Horton. Everyone's an actor. It's all fake. She'll show me scenes that, 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 that are on TV. I go, what's going on here? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's fake. That's fake. It's all fake. And that's kind of the idea of this hypocrisy word. It's, it's one thing that is not real. It's pretending. And that's what acting is. And my wife goes, no, John, it's acting. That's the whole idea. It's pretending. It's not real. Like when they have like when they when they have on TV they have these parties or in the movie they've got parties going on. I just kind of think they just you know put up the movie set at the party and just joined in the party. She goes, No, it's everything is made up. It's all real. Okay, that's not a real fall fair. No, it's all fake. And sometimes we can live our Christian lives that way. Where it's all fake and we think we're getting away with it. But remember, you can't you can fool yourself, but you can't fool God. So that's a, the first thing is you've got to be real. Be real with God. And if you are not being real with God, I just want to encourage you and ask you why not. You have a Savior that throughout the Bible never, ever, ever once condemned someone who came to him with a humble heart and says, I need help. Jesus' strongest and only strong words for those that were saying they didn't need a Savior they thought they could save themselves by their own good works. 
And so if you are scared to say, I, 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 can't, I can't be real, Jesus took all of our sin, no matter who we are and what we've done. So there's, it's all a level playing field at the cross, and yet someone's telling you in your ear that you're not good enough like the other person. None of us deserve it. None of us are good enough. Only Jesus was. And that's why we sing and we celebrate a Savior every Sunday morning. So the first one that we need to know, the first big thing is to be real. The second big thing that we need to know is to be sure. We have to be sure to know when we are called to surrender and to who. You see, if we give to someone what they don't deserve, or we give someone something they, they don't want or ask for, it doesn't matter. It's like in the, when I was going to the airport, when we were going to New York, the, the taxi cab driver didn't care about my passport, he cared about my visa. The people at the counter in the airport cared about my passport, not about my visa card. You see, it, it's like this. If you would go and you would say, hey, I, I paid all the bills, and you paid all the bills, but you paid it, all your bills, you just put you gave all your bills to NMAX or to TELUS or to whatever bill you pay. And you didn't pay any of, the, any of your other bills. Well, I paid, I, take, I paid TELUS everything we owed. But we owe TELUS, but you owe NMAX and you own Bell and you own whatever bills you would have. You have to make sure that you're paying the right bill to the right creditor. You have to make sure you pay each one separately. Like our home, everything has a place in the kitchen, in the garage, and throughout the house. You see, the reality is, is we have to surrender to two things, to two people. And that tells us in verse 17, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to the God the things that are God's. You see, and if we mix up who we surrender what to, we get ourselves in trouble. So first of all, we have to consider what do we surrender to Caesar or the government and what do we surrender to God? The question is, what do we, does Jesus say we surrender the world? Surrender to Caesar's, what is Caesar's? So we surrender the world, we pay taxes. We are good citizens. Be a good citizen, that's what we're called to be as Christians. We don't cheat on our taxes, we pay our taxes. We live in a country where we have health care and we have roads and we have services and so we need to pay for that. And Jesus says, don't, don't be anarchist, pay your taxes. Be a good citizen. Personally, that's what it means for us. I, I believe corporately for us as churches and, and you as Crosspoint, you be a great citizen like you are in this community where you're reaching out to the neighborhood, where you're bringing life to this neighborhood. That if, if Crosspoint would close today, the neighborhood would go, man, we miss Crosspoint because they did so much for this neighborhood. And I know that's the goal of Pastor Rob and his team is that this, this church shows the love of Christ by the way they treat others, by the way they look after this community. You see, we as, as believers that we're here, we believe that we've been blessed to be a blessing. As Abram, when, when God said, hey, I want to bless the entire world, I want to send a Savior, he comes to this guy in, in the first book of the Bible called Genesis, and he says, I'm going to bless you, and all the nations are going to be blessed through you. And that principle is true for us as Christians is that we have been blessed, we've been given many things so we can bless the world, so we can bless others around us because we don't need anything because Jesus has given us everything. Romans 13, 1-7 tells us to be subject to authorities. 1 Timothy says that we should live a quiet life in, in all ways. And Titus 3 says we should be submissive to our rulers. So let's be great citizens. That's what we're called to do. That's what we render to our society is to be a great citizen. We don't cheat, we don't lie, 
Because we don't have to. We just be good citizens. That's the first thing that we have to do. The next thing is, what does Jesus say we render to God? And I would think what we render to God is everything. You see, Jesus gave everything for us, and so we are to give everything back to God. Abraham Kuyper was the Prime Minister of the Netherlands in 1901 to 1905. He was a theologian, he was a journalist, and he said this. He said, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. And friends, today, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus, I believe that quote is for us. Is that you are Christ's. See, that you were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You see, Jesus came and he gave his life for you. But he asked us to give everything. Back a few chapters in Mark, there was this rich young man that came up to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And he goes on, he, Jesus says, he, the guy says, I've done all these things. And Jesus says, okay, that's great. But go sell all you have, give to the poor, come follow me. And it says that that man went away sad in Mark chapter 10. And then Peter, in Mark chapter 10, verse 20, it says this. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands and persecutions in the age to come of eternal life. But many who were first will be last in the last first. You see, the disciples knew that they were to give everything. They followed Jesus. They said, Jesus, we've given everything up. We've given everything up. What's, what's in it for us? And you might ask, how do we give up everything to God? We need to become like a beloved child. Mark 10, verse 15 says this, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall never enter it. And how does a child, what's a child's faith? It's not like we have this small little faith. I believe what Jesus was saying there is we have faith like a child, which means we're completely helpless that we can't do anything for ourselves, that we are completely and utterly relying on Jesus. And Jesus is the good father, the good shepherd. He wants to care for us. He wants to, he wants to love us. So the reality is, is when we look at what we have to render to God, what do I have to give to God? Well, first we, have to, we know that he rendered everything for us. Secondly, we, we understand that when we understand the gospel, it's two questions. Has it been done or do we have to do? You see, if, if, if you're here in this place and you maybe misunderstand Christianity and you think that Christianity is trying to appease a God in heaven and he makes us all these rules that we have to do and if, if we mess up, he gets mad at us and, he, and he's gonna, so we try to do better things and so he'll be happy with us. That's not Christianity. That's every other religious system in the world. We're trying to appease a God, appease a deity by what we do. And yet Christianity is the only, I don't even want to say religion, but the only way of life that says no. Christianity is about what's been done for you. What's been done for us. You see, we, God expects and requires perfection because he's holy. 
And so he can only accept us if we are completely holy. And so the plan for that was when we walked away, when we said, yeah, we don't want to believe in God, God said, okay, I'm going to provide a way. So he sent Jesus to this earth. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law perfectly and holy. So God says, okay, that's perfect. But the reality is the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus says, I will go to the cross. And all the things that I've earned, I want to give to the people of God. I want to give to the people. And so Jesus earned everything for us. And so when, we, when God looks at us, he sees us as completely perfect if we've put our trust in Jesus. Now, friends, that is scandalous. I know what I've done. And you know what you've done. We don't deserve to be called righteous or perfect. But that is the great exchange that has happened in Jesus' perfect life on earth. He says, I want you to come follow me. You can't do it. And we try and we try and we try and we get, it's so burdensome when we keep trying to be perfect and trying to always be good and we just, we fall down. Okay, we'll try again. And Jesus says, no, I know you, you can't do it. You need a savior. You need me. And when you come to me as a child saying, I need help. I can't do it myself. Jesus says, okay, come to me and I will help you. So, so we come as children. We come as children who have had something that's been done on our behalf. We know, we believe that we, this has been done for you. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, friends, Jesus has given up everything for you and for me. And he says, I, I, I want you to accept my forgiveness you don't have to try harder anymore. I've done it for you. Come, let me walk with you. Let me be your father. Let me be your friend. You see, if you are here in this place, friends, and you yet don't know Christ, you would say, I'm not a Christian. I may even be an atheist. Wouldn't it be good news if there was a God there that, that says, I'm going to take all of the things you've ever done and I'm going to forgive you? And not just forgive you, carte blanche, but forgive you carte blanche, but not just forgive you just because I'm a good guy, but because someone else in your place paid that price. If you, someone walked into the bank today or whatever institution you have and says, and you have a mortgage, they paid off your mortgage or paid off your car loan or paid off your visa payment and they go, it's clear. You would be indebted to that person. You go, oh man, what can I do? How can I make it up to you? But yet Jesus has done that for each one of us. He's taken our ledger that says we're completely sinful, deserving death, full of shame, and he says, no, I want to forgive that. I want to take that away. You see, the, re the problem that we have is when we give things to the wrong person. Some of you are here, when I ask the question, what do you need to surrender, you're thinking, I, I got to do more for God. But see, when we surrender our identity to the world, when we surrender our, who we are to the world, it never works out well. You see, God in Exodus chapter 20, when he gave the Ten Commandments, he said, you shall have no other gods before me. And the second commandment is you shouldn't make any idols. You see, when we give worship to something other than God, it doesn't go right. 
It messes everything up. That's what Adam and Eve, our first parents, did in the Garden of Eve. They said, yeah, we don't want to follow that. We actually want to be gods ourselves, and we don't think God is actually good, so we're going to find something better. But friends, we, you and I, were created for God's glory. Isaiah 43, 7 says this, everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So whether you eat or drink or whether you do all, do it all for the glory of God. Matthew 5, 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God your Father who is in heaven. You see, we are called to give glory to God. That's our life purpose. So if you are here and you're planning a trip to Europe to try to find out what your purpose in life is, save the money, give to Crosspoint. It's to glorify God. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do in life, do it for the glory of God. See, God's not a killjoy. God wants to give us life and give it abundantly. We have an accuser. We have Satan that, that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's done a good job. But Jesus has done a better job. He's come to give us life. And life comes when we actually surrender to God. You see, when we give the wrong, give our identity to others, it hurts us. You see, when we allow the world to shape who we actually are from our job, from how we look, from what we do, from the car we drive. You see, that's a never-ending treadmill. And if you feel shameful and you try and allow the world to take that shame away, it will never take it away. See, our shame, our sin, is not going to get fixed by the world by us doing more. It only gets fixed by Jesus on the cross. And so if we surrender our identity and trying to earn uh, God's favor to the world, it will never work. It only works when we surrender it fully to Jesus. So I asked you the question, what do I need to surrender? So today, what do you need to surrender? What are you holding back that you know God wants you to give him? He deserves it all. And it's easy to say, it's a Christian thing to say, we, yeah, I give you all. I surrender everything to you. And yet we know that there's things that we hold back. What's the one thing today that God's asking you to give to him? Maybe you are walking with shame. Or you're walking with guilt of sins that you've committed and say, there's no way, I've got to pay for this. I've got to feel bad about, my, about myself, so I, I, I live in shame. I live in guilt. And you think that you're being holy because you're, you're, you're going through that pain. Can I tell you what you're doing if you're doing that? Is you're being your own savior. You're trying to save yourself. You don't have to do penance. You don't have to do more. You simply have to surrender it to God. So what do we render to God? We render our sin. We render our shame. We render our identity. That's what we render to God. And we render that to God. Oh, he fills us. This week I had to render my being right. Um, my wife thinks I'm a control enthusiast. Other people have said that. They've used other words of me, but I call it an enthusiast. It sounds a little better. <laughs> but we all like to be right. We don't want to be wrong, and especially if we know we're right. 
it's hard to admit and say, take blame. And so this week, um, there's a situation going on in our church back in Calgary that we as the elders say we take all the blame. No matter what's going on, what's happened, we take the blame because we're leaders in this church. And so we take the blame. And we say, it's not fair. It's not fair that we take all the blame. People told us that. But you know what? That's what Jesus did for me. Took all the blame. It's not fair. It's not fair. And if you're in this place and you, you, you've struggled with God, that he's not fair, oh, man, I agree with you. God is so not fair. Jesus got hell on the cross for you and me, and he was perfect. That's not fair. The beauty of the gospel is God's not fair. He doesn't give us what we deserve, but he gives us what we don't deserve. Love and everlasting love and life. So what do you need to surrender today? I, I love how this passage ends in Mark 12, 17. And they marveled at him. What Jesus did, they, they couldn't trap him because Jesus is perfect. They couldn't trap him. They marveled at him. And that's what we come, and that's what we're going to invite the worship team up now, is we're going to marvel at Jesus for who he is and what he did. They marveled at him. So today, I, I would encourage you, what is it that you need to surrender? Maybe it's your life. Maybe you're here and you're, you're yet not a Christian, and today's the day that you say, I think today is I need to be a Christian. And if that is you, you simply need to admit that you're a sinner, that you're helpless before God, that you believe that Jesus Christ is the one that lived a perfect life and died a death in your place that you deserve and was raised again, raised again, defeating sin and death, and that you want to commit to following him. And if that is you today, I, I just encourage you, go talk to Pastor Colin after this. Come talk to me. Talk to one of your, the leaders in this church. They'd love to talk with you. If that's you, surrender your life to Jesus. What's stopping you? And there's some of you that are probably in this place that, that you know you need to surrender something, whether it's your life, whether it's going to missions, whether it's, it's something. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit knows what it is. And I believe the Holy Spirit may be prompting you to say, okay, I'm going to surrender this. Maybe it's to missions. Maybe it's to some sort of ministry. Maybe it's talking to your neighbor today. Maybe it's talking to someone at work tomorrow. I don't know what that would be. But I would encourage you today that you would not go away with not worrying about what kind of fruit you are or vegetable you are. What's the one thing that we need to surrender? If it's shame, sin, and guilt, surrender that to the cross. You don't need to carry that any longer. Jesus has taken care of that. Jesus is so good. He's so good. Let's marvel at Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you and praise you for what you've done. We thank you that you are so holy, so good. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth for us and you, you lived a perfect life and then you, you were humiliated, you were persecuted, you were whipped and beaten and you were hung on a cross and then you were forsaken by your own Father for all of us. God, we just praise you that you are not fair. Jesus, we thank you that you are so loving, so caring, that you took upon yourself what we deserved 
You gave us what we don't deserve. You gave us your righteousness, your life. And so I pray for my friends in this place today, Jesus. I pray that you'd give them the faith and the the courage to to surrender, to surrender their entire lives. We know that. But what's the one thing that's hindering our relationship with you that we need to surrender? May we surrender that to you. If it's guilt, if it's shame, I pray that they would just leave that at the foot of the cross and they'd walk in the freedom and the newness of life that you bought for us. So Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We want to surrender our entire lives and show us where we need to surrender more to you so we can live in greater joy as we see you. And in our greater joy, you will be more and most glorified. We pray this in your great and awesome name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.